Welcome to Factum Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's agriculture industry. Working with the Rural Support Trust, each week I talk with farmers and industry professionals to hear their stories and expert opinions on various industry-related matters that are relevant to both our farming and our urban communities. Yesterday I was reading about various export markets and Thailand caught my attention. Many opportunities have opened up for New Zealand dairy exporters in particular as consumer demand for products like butter increased during 2020. Overall, 2020 saw dairy exports to Thailand increase in value to $469 million for 2020, up from around $443 million in 2019. This increase will have been aided by the lifting of tariff rate quotas on a number of key dairy exports under the free trade agreement confirmed in early 2020. Interestingly, the value of some fruit exports to Thailand did see a drop. Overall, there was about a 20% decline in value, averaged across all fruit exports. Part of the reason for the fall in export volumes may have been higher freight costs, particularly a factor for highly perishable fruits requiring air freight. As at February 2021, Thai Airways direct Bangkok Auckland flight continues to be suspended with the only available air freight options being more closely indirect routes. Additionally, New Zealand fruits would usually experience a boost in demand around the end of year festive season. Demand, of course, was dampened this year by the December outbreak and resultant lockdown, with most gatherings and large celebrations cancelled. Overall, however, Thailand remains a good market for New Zealand products. This is born out of the total figures for goods exports in 2020, which saw just a slight decrease in value from 995.5 million in 2019 to 957 million New Zealand dollars in 2020. It is expected that New Zealand exports to Thailand should continue to hold up throughout 2021, particularly after the lifting of special agricultural safeguards on a number of dairy and meat products in January under the Thailand-New Zealand Closer Economic Partnership. Exporters that were successful in the Thai market in 2020 were those who spent time building their brands in Thailand. Thai consumers are extremely brand conscious and are willing to pay for products that they know and trust. According to the in-market assessments by NZTE, where New Zealand exporters had strong product brands, demand remained largely stable in 2020, even in cases where prices had to be increased due to higher freight costs. On the other hand, commodity products sold without any particular branding did not appear to sell as well. I've talked about this a lot. There is a clear opportunity for exporters to build off New Zealand's excellent reputation as a country producing safe and high quality grass-fed products. Furthermore, there is a growing focus in Thailand on health and wellness, including improved nutrition. The past year has seen New Zealand's reputation continuing to strengthen in Thailand, so it is up to us as a food producing export driven nation to capitalise on this growing trend. As we all continue to discuss our obligations to meet targets set out in the Paris Agreement, it is important to consider what industries have already made huge advancements on environmental gains. I would argue that New Zealand's most important sector, which of course is our farmers and growers, have made huge gains in this area. And of course, technology is playing a big part in this. In this episode, I'm talking with dairy farmer Roger Lumsden to find out how technology is implemented into his farming business and what impact this has. Let's check in with him now. Hello Roger, thank you for your time today. Yeah, good afternoon. Please can you tell me about your farm, where you are located and what you farm? 
Um, so we're situated at Ahiniwai in the North Waikato. Um, we're milking about 750 cows this season. Uh, we run 400 hectares here, so we run a little bit of beef, um, keep all our young stock on as well. Milking platform's around 300 hectares and, and the rest is in, in beef and young stock. How is the season going? Rain has been falling across many parts of the country this week. Have you received a top-up? Yeah, we've had about um, 20 mils in the last 24 hours, um, which is sort of very welcome this time of the year. A little bit more would have been nice, but we won't complain. We'll take all we can get. Um, yeah, season's been tracking along nicely. Normally we suffer from the wet in the winter and the spring, so having having a nice dry winter and dry spring last year was, was good for us. Um, and, of course, it's put us in a strong position going into the autumn this year. Um, last year, this time, the drought sort of took hold and everything went downhill a little bit, so hopefully we can get a, a good, strong autumn this season. Technology advancements are helping farmers in many ways, and indeed the environment. Do you have auto-drafting and feeding set up, for example, in your shed? Yeah, we do. We um, we put ProTrack in the shed about uh, four or five years ago. Um, so that enables us to do auto-drafting, um, in-bale identification. Um, it, it all links through to, to Minder, of course, so we can upload a particular group of cows to draft out or um, anything like that. Um, yeah, it works really well and, and it's yeah been, been great. Are cameras used at all on your property? Yeah, we use two cameras in the shed. We use a, um, a heat detection camera as part of the ProTrack, so that um, checks some stickers on the back of the cows each day and, and automatically drafts out any bull and cows. Um, that enables us to have some pretty accurate records around mating. Um, and, and pre-mating is probably where we get some, some real benefit out of that. Uh, we also have a, a body condition camera, which um, measures the body condition on the cows every day. Um, so we can, we can keep an eye on condition uh, and, and, and move if we have weight loss or anything relatively quickly. So, yeah, it's, it's great technology. Mm. What about monitoring milk and water in the shed? How do you do this? So we, um, we've recently installed Halo um, on, on the milk vats. Um, it monitors volumes, temperatures, uh, you know, the wash cycles, uh, any, any um, indiscrepancies. It'll send us a text message straight to our phone. Um, we've been using the same system on our water for a number of years now. So we can track water movements either through the cow shed or out onto the farm for the livestock and, and um, yeah, monitor where our water goes through pretty quickly, keep an eye on leaks and things like that. So it's, it's been really great. And of course, the environmental impacts are a hot topic right now. How do you manage effluent and irrigation? Is there specific technologies that have increased efficiencies? Yeah, absolutely. So we use the, the same halo system on our effluent irrigator. Um, we can it pumps out of a pond and we can turn that pump on and off um, from our phones. Uh, it tracks the irrigator through GPS so we can we can download a map to see where um, the effluent spread has been, applications and things. Uh, if it picks up any faults, it stops moving when it's supposed to be moving or it gets to the end of the line, it, it turns off automatically. So that's that's been a, a great um, a great help with effluent. Um, and it, it means we can do things like we can run that irrigator at night on the cheaper power mm. um, so yeah it's it's been really beneficial so that kind of automation you can essentially run all that stuff through your phone you can be anywhere and turn things on and off yeah absolutely so we can we can control that um, effluent spreader 
Um, it'll send us messages if there's a fault. Um, same with the, with the water. Mm. With the project, we can, we can draft cows. We can send the list of cows to draft straight from our phones or straight from the home office to the cow shed, and, and it'll sit there for the next milking. Um, we can monitor tanker times and anything like that through farm source. Um, you know, and with having having Wi-Fi and around the cow shed now, we can, you know, for a fifty dollar Wi-Fi plug, we can turn electric fence units on and off. Um, it's all pretty simple. I can even turn the heater off at home when my wife's at home in the office in the winter. Yeah, just so wow. she knows. <laughs> <laughs> and and what about things like the application of fertilizer and feeding livestock? Yeah, so we're we're a relatively low input system, but um, you know we've we've had scales on our feed out wagons for for a number of years, um, and that just special staff that just takes away any um, indiscrepancies and things like that. Um, in terms of spreading fertilizer, yeah, we we run a GPS unit um, on the tractor, and we've just upgraded to run um, a controlled one on the spreader as well. Gives us you know a little bit of um, a protection around the environment and things like that. And a lot of that stuff now is fairly universal. Um, yeah, modern tractors and things now—it's it's all pretty simple to to plug up and away you go. Given what you're telling me, um, I'll now assume that all your cows must have DNA profiles loaded into software somewhere. Yeah, so we we DNA test our herd a number of years ago, um, and, and all the stock on the farm are pretty much DNA tested. Um, it gives us precise records with the breeding for our cows because we're trying to sort of head towards A2 and and various things. Um, we do rear our own bulls and we select them on genetics um, and also on A2. So we can run them in the herd and, and it's easy to um, to still have correct records on calves and things like that. So, yeah, all that stuff's, you know, great. Mm, mm. What about other elements of your farming business, for example, pasture, staff and, and livestock management is technology helping in that area as well oh for sure you know everything from um health and safety to um time tracking education and training um you know even just just having the eids on all the stock for, for weighing and things like that just just makes it so much easier um yeah mm. it, it, it's certainly um there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there, and we sort of rely on our phones um, every day now, which is uh, sometimes a bit frustrating for those of us who like to have a bit of quiet time. But um, yeah, we seem to be connected to everything all the time. Mm. Would you say technology is having a positive impact environmentally on farming? And if so, can you provide an example of of how this is happening? Um, yeah, certainly around water management, effluent management. Um, you know, being able to track feed and stock numbers and, and, and you know, being efficient. Um, yeah, there's certainly um, potential for a lot of stuff that's coming on the market. Um, you know, and you, a lot of few people are starting to use the halter cow collars and, and that's really going to, um, you know, make a difference around mm. um, environmental management and things like that. You touched earlier on... Is a beef element to your business. Is that trading beef cattle, or do you put a bull beef over uh, some of your heifers? Um, not so much over the heifers. We certainly use, because we're breeding towards A2, we've used a bit of um, Hereford and, and um, Speckle Park over some of the existing A1s. Right. Um, and that's just giving a bit of beef. I mean, for us, being on a wet farm, 
having a bit of beef that we can use to graze areas that aren't suitable for dairy cattle is, is uh, you know, a big must. Um, we haven't yet gone to a beef animal over our heifers. We're still using Jersey. Right. Um, yeah, look, the object is to obviously move away from, from bobby calves, but I haven't yet found a, the magic sort of answer to what I'm going to do with my heifers. Mm. Um, an easy calf in Jersey is still giving us the best results. Obviously, at the moment, there is focus on the environment and there will ultimately be change coming, I think, for many farmers. What do you make of recent advice from the Climate Change Commission to the government in relation to farming? Well, it's certainly, like most government reports, it raises more questions than answers. Um, you know, I've, I've had the comment in the past that, that farmers don't like change. Well, the reality is we can handle change, we just can't handle the uncertainty. Um, and, you know, really we're looking for some direction and some answers um, so that we can move forward. You can't make change overnight. Um, you know, it takes 10 years to sort of change a herd if you wanted to breed towards, um, you know, more carbon-efficient cows and things like that. So we just need a little bit of direction. Um, it does raise a, you know, a few concerns sort of over the whole country. I think our power supply for, you know, a million EV cars is, is probably not up to scratch. Um, and I guess the biggest thing is that, you know, we have to hope that we're not um, compromising what is relatively clean production in New Zealand um, onto countries that don't have the same, I guess, the same respect for the environment that we do here. Roger, what does your farming business mean to you and your family? Oh, look, it means a lot. Um, you know, my kids are fifth generation here. I've got a couple of boys. Um, one of them's just started doing a bit of work for me. Um, with the, with the size and the scale of this property, it gives us um, some opportunity to try and find the right balance between um, environmental and um, productivity. Um, at the same time, it allows us the opportunity to try a lot of, a lot of new technology and, and ideas that are coming through. So, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about what we do here. Thank you very, very much for your time today. It's been great chatting to you. Likewise. Roger is a farmer doing all the right things. He's passionate about his farm and proud to be an intergenerational custodian of the land. He made a good point about needing clear direction to meet targets. I support good direction from Wellington, but I keep banging on that this needs farmer buy-in right throughout the process. Good workable solutions are needed and no surprises should jump out of a gorse bush which will catch farmers off guard. Farmers need to be the solution, and yes, while those solutions need to have positive environmental outcomes, they must not be at the expense of the farmer's bottom line, which is why industry, exporters and policymakers need to ensure the correct story is being told to our international markets, and that we put ourselves in the position to increase the value of our red meat and dairy export products in particular. A recent report suggests we need to slash livestock numbers by 15% by 2030 is in my view a statement that has not been thoroughly thought through. There are other options that need to be accelerated in terms of research and development. Great work has already gone into various research and programs such as the New Zealand Agricultural Greenhouse Gas Research Centre. The methane research program aims to reduce emissions by directly targeting the methane producing methanogens through the discovery of small inhibitors and vaccines and indirectly through feeding and changes in animal phenotype. One of the areas of focus is breeding. Research to understand the genetics of host control of ruminant methane emissions 
which aims to develop genetic and genomic selection technologies to reduce methane yield and intensity in sheep. The current stage of the program involves the development and dissemination of practical tools for selection for lowered emissions. A major part of maximising impact and uptake is to explore relative economic value from increased production and potential increased feed utilisation associated with lower methane. The second area is a vaccine, a prototype vaccine which after further development is aimed at producing a vaccine targeted at reducing methane emissions in cattle and sheep by 20% as being formulated with the help of a commercial partner. The third is inhibitors, research to develop cost-effective inhibitors that reduce methane emissions by at least 20% in sheep and cattle without reducing productivity is now being developed with a view to bring that technology to market. I believe the answer to agricultural's part to play sits with improved technologies. The continuation of improved farming systems which includes research into how pastures can play a role and indeed supplementation. In my view, this is the approach needed and this kind of approach will get farmer buy-in and support. After all, it's farmers we need, not politicians firing from the hip looking for a quick fix at the expense of New Zealand's most important sector. Thank you for listening and catch you next time on Factor Magri.